this is the Women Talking About Learning podcast. My name is Andrew Jacobs. Welcome. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. This episode is the lockdown one. Today our guests are known to each other, but one was new to me, and and that's my first guest. That's Jackie Clark. Jackie's got 10 years' experience in the L&D field behind her, starting in induction and leadership training, until she started her own business, doing large-scale change programs for global corporates. Following that, she took all of that knowledge, created a 12-week coaching program for small business owners who feel like workaholics. Our second guest is a friend of mine, Christine Diorlosha, Christine is a learning consultant with NIIT, supporting global clients, and also a coach and a published author. Her learning consultant work focuses on supporting big transformations on design and delivery of effective learning experiences, often involving technology. She's a fellow of the RSA and the LPI. She's also a polymath who hides a light under a bushel, uh, and perfect candidate to be a speaker. Delighted to welcome both Jackie and Christine to the podcast. The format will be, as every week, Jackie and Christine discussing a topic. And this week, like I said, we're talking about lockdown. And this was recorded in the middle of October 2020, before the further lockdown was announced in the UK. We did have a little bit of a glitch when we were recording. It was near the end, and just hope that this doesn't uh, really spoil what I think was a brilliant conversation. So here on Women Talking About Learning is Jackie and Christine talking about lockdown. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jackie. So I believe we're here to talk about lockdown today. So what what are we going to start talking about? Yeah, so lockdown, I was, uh, I think what struck me most, I mean, you know, we don't really need to iterate what it was or is or will be because we're, it looks like second phase is, is upon us or whatever. But um, there were a couple of things that particularly struck me about that. And I think the first one is we, we've sort of discovered we're human. This is sound going to sound terrible. <laughs> like, um, you know, all of a sudden, everybody very obviously has a life, you know, yeah. have like a place they live in or not. People have families or not. People have responsibilities or not. People have health issues or not. Mm. And all the facade, the picture we've been projecting, the, you know, we put on our work personality, rock up in an office, do the office thing, and then leave again. Um, all of that has gone away for, for better or for worse. And, and we're discovering we're human. And I think on the one hand, I find it really touching and amazing on the other hand i think it also makes inequalities a lot more obvious it's almost like you know in school you like in school when you have school uniform you know everybody sort of technically looks roughly the same except that that never worked in the first place but you know <laughs> the fiction is that everybody looks the same and um and that's all a bit gone now and i think that's that's a really interesting conundrum to to work through. So. Oh, absolutely! I think it, it it's such a good point that the divide is almost bigger 
now than it ever was where actually for some people they're finding it better because they're not having to pretend they're not having to show up and pretend like everything's okay when it's not but I think for people who are in circumstances where it's not okay that sort of escape of going somewhere else and pretending like it is okay was actually an escape rather than a facade it was you know it was a positive thing and I think that mm-hmm. that is such a valuable point that actually, you know, lockdown has brought so many things for so many people. And, you know, it's been different for every single person. Of course it has. But I think there is definitely that that inequality that is being seen more and more now, depending on the, the circumstances that people live in, depending on the, the family situations, as you mentioned earlier. Like, there's such a shift. But I think also even just um, working environments, everyone's been put back into their home as a working environment. And I know for, for some people, that's really nice because they've got a home office and they're really set up and it's really comfy and staying home is great. But for other people, you know, they're perched from an ironing board on the end of their sofa in, you know, a, a tiny space trying to look after kids and, and do everything at once. So I think all of that sort of social classing as well has has proven quite a big difference as to how people have dealt with lockdown and whether it's been quite a pleasant um, scenario or whether it's been quite challenging for people. I think it's true. And I also find the, the discrepancy. So the people who shout the loudest on LinkedIn and with their articles and on Twitter with the photographs of their wonderful new ergonomic workstation and so on. I mean, this is like the work version of property porn, essentially, you know, you're like, oh, that's really great. And oh, it matches your curtains. And oh, congratulations. This is so awesome. But obviously, the people who won't have that situation, they don't post how they actually work because, you know, and particularly, you know, with And then it's like, oh, you know, authenticity and blah, blah, blah. But I find it's almost like there is a a privileged component to authenticity. And I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's kind of like you can be authentic, but like in an artfully styled, slightly disheveled kind of way. You know, like Mm -hmm. now it's perfectly all right to kind of appear on a phone call with like, you know, like I've, I've seen it with people where you see like, you know, the bright pink um, running, you know, running top kind of and so on. But um, um, so that's fine. But, then, you know, maybe admitting to the fact that I don't know, you might be living in a house share under horrible circumstances. That's not OK, because, you know, and b- both are equally authentic, but one is like, you know, nice authentic and the other one sort of ugly authentic and I think the people who can afford to be nice authentic then tell everyone else what authenticity is like oh absolutely and I find that really problematic because then you not only you not only have somebody in that situation then they need to sort of do the acting around that situation as well yeah, absolutely. And I think this this like authenticity has become like almost the word of the year in business, hasn't it? Like everyone just being authentic all the time. And, you know, I, I completely agree with you. Like, what does that actually mean? How much of our true selves do we bring into the social presence for people to see and have access to? And I think it is, especially now where 
all of our work is within our home space, it's really hard actually to let everybody into that space because it, it sort of crosses a bit of a boundary, doesn't it, for some people? I had somebody talking to me the other day and she was saying that she, um, she does a call center role and she's actually finding it so much more difficult to have screaming customers shouting at her while she's in her living room than she did when it was a separate, you know, in an office that she could walk away from. And actually, it's, it's you know, that that setup is so important in, in what it looks like. And I mean, I don't know, what what do you think a good setup looks like? What how how would you think we could kind of balance that out a bit and sort of help people who are not in good setups? I mean at a, at a very basic level, and that clearly seems not to be working out either, at a very basic level, I think everybody should have a decent place to live in. Like, I would, I would actually start with that. Yeah. You know, like, people, you know, with enough space for one person to be in, a door to close, a heating that works that they can afford. Um, you know, like, like I, I would literally start with that. Um, and then, you know, because essentially, you know, a big company is then forcing their most vulnerable employees to, to front their real estate budget, essentially, you know, it's like, okay, sorry, the London office is closed, how about you rent the office now, right, like, but I can't, <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't really work like that, um, I think, making it a genuine choice for people without people having to disclose a whole lot of reasons. So I know some companies are now prioritizing people, you know, they have multiple tiers of how they prioritize people. And, you know, some people who say, look, I can't work from home because, uh, you know, I just can't, or, you know, mental health reasons. And for some people, it's great. You know, I've been, I'm, in, in some ways, I'm happy I'm able to work from home because I wanted to do more of that and previously wasn't able to, and now I am, so that's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think making making it more flexible for people so they can make it work. Mm. Um, things like, for me, the fake backgrounds are a godsend that made a world of difference once that became possible. Um, Transition rituals, I think, are key. So for me, I only have one table and that's where everything happens. Um, I use different devices for the consulting work and for some of my other work, and I will literally close one laptop, move it, and then pop the other one on. Um, I also have different room scents. Um, just because I have, you know, like, yeah, I, I want to make it really clear which, which mode I'm in. So, um, so that's one that, way I'm doing it. I think that that's so like that's so powerful in the sense that like yes, there's a massive like housing issue. Yes, there's a there's a corporate leg to this that actually um, that you know there's going to be massive backlash when all of the corporates start saying that they're getting rid of their office space and not upping people's salaries and you know we can see that one coming. But actually, I think that there's there's such a um, there's such an important message in what you said around actually you're in control of so much of this stuff, like for everyone. And I think for, you know, for potentially women more than men in the effect of 
being in the the, the sort of home environment because I'm obviously working from home as well um, and I find myself much more um, drawn to doing housework you know sorting out bills sorting out all of the things that need to be sorted whereas my husband when he was working from home he's not anymore but when he was he was quite happy to just close himself in the study and just work for the day and almost just like forget that the house existed <laughs> and I don't know if that's just a me thing or if that is a, a if that is more a female thing that actually I'm just quite acutely aware of all of the other things that I need to look after. I mean, I'm in quite a fortunate position because I don't have kids. So I don't have that extra pressure that I know so many people have. But I don't know, um, you know, when I think about my setup, I set up a separate space away from my husband because I found it quite hard to work in the same space as him. And we've only got one study. So when he was home, we were in separate spaces. Um, I also have three different candle scents that I use <laughs> to, to zone myself into different places. But I also have one. So I've got three of them. And one of them is just like my chill out. Like in the evening, I put that one on and like that's the end of the day for me. And I, I switch phones because I, I found it quite difficult at first to switch out of that place of working and actually just close my laptop and not work for an evening or the weekend or you know whatever it was and I do feel like we're getting better at that now that it's becoming more of a norm for everyone but there was definitely a time period of adjustment to try and get that um that switch off happening which was much easier when it was you know a separate space that you could go out to yeah because it's more like living at work rather than working from home yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, like on the upside, I think it also offers a lot of people ways to work or to be employed or to contribute that that would not have been possible. Otherwise, you know, like not everybody needs to be in London, for example, not everybody wants to be in London. Or, you know, some people have, I don't know, restricted mobility. And if they're at home, they can, you know, set themselves up for what they need and how they need it. And then, you know, it's perfectly fine. Absolutely. Um, you know, rather than trekking through a 150 year old <laughs> tube system with no elevators and stuff. So, yeah. you know, so I think, I think there's also options for people to be more involved or to be involved in different ways that would not have been able to otherwise and I think mm -hmm. that's that's also a, a massive opportunity I think or it could be if it's done oh, right. absolutely yeah I do think so obviously I stepped away from um corporates and started working with individuals before lockdown happened at the end of last year um, and one of the reasons I wanted to do that was exactly what you just mentioned about that um mobility you know the the work-life balance the ability for people to be able to make a living without having to do the global travel the London you know the even the Brighton and the big cities like I'm such a um such a beach girl like I would love to be able to just be on a, a random beach in the middle of nowhere with good wi-fi and actually I think that this whole perspective of lockdown has pushed the world so much closer to that being a reality because everyone was almost resistant of people working from home or working in different ways and now it's just like oh yeah we can do this like we can make this happen people changed almost overnight with some of the big organizations 
but I've actually got three clients who have got medical conditions who have all said that actually lockdown has been an absolute blessing for them because they were having to, you know, train, bus, ferry, you know, all over the place just to get to contracts and work. And actually now everything's just being pulled back into a central place. Um, one of one of my clients, like in being at home and actually starting to run her business at home, she's grown her business so much over lockdown. She's managed to hire herself like a personal trainer to start increasing her mobility. And actually, she's probably going to keep her mobility for longer in her life because of the situation. And that's really powerful. Like some people will have had really, really positive outcomes off the back of this whereas others won't have been in such a fortunate situation. And I think it's really important to look at kind of both ends of the scale and for everyone to think about, you know, individually, what can they do to continue to, to grow through this? So obviously both of us are from a learning background. Both of us are from, a, from an L&D background. So how do you think the whole lockdown thing has affected your own personal approach to learning for yourself and for your clients? I think for me, it's, it's really too extreme. So on the one hand, I was super excited. I finally got to, um, got to play with all the online stuff I always wanted to do with people. And they always kept saying, mm, yeah, online learning, mm, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden in March, they were like, mm, so that online thing, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know, um, so I think a lot of people have made really good experiences with learning things online, you know, like the people who would have said, oh, online learning never works, you know, they start their day off with Joe Week, and then, you know, like, it, it just kind of keeps going from there. So it's like, oh, okay. Um, also, I think a lot of places have been really creative in the sort of experiences they're trying to create online. So I think there was just a lot more license to play around with stuff and some of it I think was quite invigorating where I'm and sometimes it was just like okay that was a cute idea but it really didn't work like karaoke you can't you just can't get that synchronized that's just like not but you know it was fun when we tried it so um so I think I, I think there is a lot of that so I think that was really really good um personally I find I'm starting to get a bit zoomed out. Mm. So I actually find a lot of my more my, my own personal more, um, you know, learning personal development kind of deeper work, reflective practice stuff. I'm trying that would have been mainly online before I'm now actually trying to take offline as much as I can. Mm. Um, for me at the moment. It's like at the end of a day. Um, additional screen time comes at a premium. So I'm, I'm going great lengths to actually avoid having to do more stuff on screen when I'm not working. Mm -hmm. um, like to the point where so I'm writing a book to the point where I've now switched to doing like handwritten stuff in notebook notebooks again, just because I can't face another keyboard for another, you know, chunk of hours. Um, oh, absolutely. Both. I think the middle has fallen out. Like on the one hand, the experimenting is great and on the other hand I just want to do stuff with my hands and not with the mm. what about you yeah no I I feel really really similar actually so going online 
I moved very quickly away from like the kind of lift a day session and just do a day online because that we know doesn't work. Like we were, we could have told people that before lockdown happened. Um, so I went to like program based stuff really quickly and started to turn everything into like programs where it was like no more than sort of three hours live. And then everything else was um, recordings or worksheets or, you know, other stuff that people could do or getting people into groups together, etc. And I think that that is so important to have that like supported learning of the group supporting each other, not just us as facilitators telling people like, this is what you need to know, this is what you need to learn. But I agree with you from a personal point of view, like I have, so I'm busy doing my masters and I'm going through the same process where like I've moved over to like actual textbooks again and I'm reading my textbooks like as books because it was really, really hard actually spending all of that time. Um, but also audio, I've stepped really far into the world of audio again, which I used to do a bit quite a while ago, but I kind of stopped. And now I've stepped back into audio of um, audiobooks and just making sure that I am listening to stuff because it takes me away from a screen. So I'll go out for a long walk and listen to an audiobook of learning rather than sitting watching a video. Um, and I think the, the kind of key things around studying in lockdown, one, we had a massive postponement. <laughs> of studying while our practitioners like figured out how they were going to continue our masters um online so that was really tough actually it, it kind of added six months onto the program which I was really keen to I would have been done by now um and I know and now we've got to go into the new year um but actually again not having to travel to London being able to sit my exams online like there's been so many things that have been so valuable and so um, like supporting during that time. So yeah, I don't think studying's necessarily been harder and I don't think that learning in general will be harder going forward for businesses. I think it's just about doing it in a new way. Did you find it had more kind of did you notice any difference in sort of in, in terms of bandwidth you you're you know you're able to have in a day or ability to concentrate I found for me that that fluctuated drastically I don't know how it was yeah I think I've gone through real peaks and troughs actually in the summer I had way more bandwidth because I wasn't traveling anymore. So my business previously was um, was global. So I was literally most months on about 10 planes a month. Um, and getting all of that time back to not have to travel really made a difference for me. Um, so coming into lockdown, actually, I just got more and more and more time back, which was really, really good. So I felt like my bandwidth increased really dramatically at the beginning um but then as we've started to change seasons i've noticed a massive shift and i think that this is another thing that um is quite female predominant rather than um male predominant is 
the seasons really affect a, a lot more. Um, and I think that I've seen a massive shift, whereas previously I would use the woman around me to support that time of like lull. And now the only person around me is my my lovely husband who just doesn't get it. <laughs> so there's like this this like learning curve of like trying to help him understand what I'm going through and like trying to get him to support that, but me trying to support him at the same time. So yeah, it's been it's been an interesting, interesting energy shift. <laughs> I think for me it's less seasonal. I think for me it's more, and this might be way too much information, but I'll just say it anyways. I think for me it's more like monthly. So, yes. you know, it's like one day a month where I just want to kill everybody who says good morning and those who don't say good morning as well, just like, you know. Um, so, no, I don't need to be out amongst people if I don't want to. I can just, yeah. like, you know not be out that day and then it's fine and that's actually really nice yeah uh, and and just I think I've so for me um in the, I think the first few weeks of lockdown I mainly slept when I wasn't working also because I I used to have really full weeks so I think I was just sort of catching up on sleep a little bit and it was March so it was still dark and so on so I think that was sort of a bit of hibernation. Mm. Then I had phases where my body was just, I think my body didn't know which time zone I was meant to be in. Because at, at that time I was, I was living in a different place and the, the living conditions were, were not ideal. So I was basically awake at all hours and I just could not get any sort of rhythm together. Um, and then I, I moved and... Um, and that made a lot of it better. So I then also made, you know, made a point to be out in the morning and to be out in the evening and so on. So that my body knew, you know, when the day starts and when it ends, so it can kind of figure out the rest uh, around it. And that made it a lot better. I started exercising. So I went from being, I'm like, I'll just admit it. I mean, in February, March, I was so unfit. I probably had trouble climbing a flight of stairs without stopping. Um, and I went from that within a few weeks, really, to doing 20K a week. Um, and I never thought I was a runner, but um, amazing. Where, where I was living at the time was really not a great area. So it was not designed to be, you know, mm. to be out and about at all. It was basically like, you know, uh, a wardrobe with a, with a legal address and a bed, you know, that was kind of what it was meant to be. Um, mm. wasn't meant to be spending any time in. Um, also, there, there weren't any, you know, any nice places to be outside and people were really aggressive. So I basically, I just went running to be outside and being on the move to not having to kind of deal with the aggression level and, and all these things. So, um, and it turned out to be really amazing. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm a runner now and that's like the weirdest thing. I, I never thought I would say that. So I love that. But I think it's so important. Like, I think that exercise at this time is so so valuable for people to get out of their kind of four wall space and actually go for a walk go for a run you know whatever it is for you it's just about going to that place where actually you can have some sort of time for yourself have some space for your brain to think I think that that's 
really, really key. So we've got a couple minutes left. Um, what would you have done differently in lockdown, do you think, now that we're we're potentially going back into a second one? What what would you have done differently? Um that one's a hard one because I think or I'd like to think I always made the most out of whatever situation I was in. Mm. Um that having said, I was in a really, really harrowing situation in the first couple of weeks of lockdown. Um, yeah. which wasn't foreseeable until it happened. Um, and then at some point I needed to move at a very short notice and just retool a lot of things in a, in a rather dramatic way. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously now the second time and, and, you know, all the choices I've made since mm -hmm. I made with, you know, with the thing in mind, um, you know, my, you know, whatever the new setup is it will have to work, you know, regardless of what the lockdown situation is. So it was yeah. planned a little bit with that in mind. So I think, I mean, I'd rather not be locked down because I really don't like it, but you know, yeah. I'm definitely set up much, much better. And um, yeah. if, uh, if that needs to happen again, then, then that'll, that'll work much better. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I think I am probably similar to you in the sense, I think that the um the exercise stuff is really important i think the the sort of zoning your your time and your space for different work is really important and i think that having having at least one person that you can reach out to that knows the the complete truth of your situation yes oh my god like, yes you know the the good bad ugly horrendous like just one person that actually can have just know everything so you feel like you have that outlet of somewhere to go to on the days when it's not amazing because I think a lot of people are getting more used to this a lot of people are getting more into the rhythm of this it's becoming a bit easier for people but actually I think having that that core outlet of um at least one person if not a few more if you're if you're you know you're lucky enough to have them in your life I think that that would be my my one big tip for people like having that person to go to I think that's really true and I think for me I've also noticed that my friendships have changed so some people that I thought I was close to they you know just just things have moved kind of a little bit and other people where I thought they would have been more like acquaintances, we've go, we've become really close and even at a distance have been able to support each other really well. And that's been an absolute lifesaver, I honestly yeah. have to say. I'm I, in the same situation. Really yeah, absolutely. I've made one particular friend, she lives up in Scotland and we're literally didn't even know each other before lockdown. We met at the beginning of lockdown through another networking group and literally have become like best friends in this process, which is just crazy having never met each other. You know, there's so much distance, but actually I completely agree. Like, I did say we had a technical difficulty and <laughs> this was the point when it dropped in, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> right in uh, uh, Jackie and Midflow. Um, we did recover and uh, the conversation carried on. Yeah, so I think those relationships that you build through this time have been um, 
quite surprising, Chris, as you were saying, like actually some of the people who we thought would be really close actually have moved away and and vice versa in um, some of the some of the sort of friendships that have been built. So I think that that's a really interesting, um, a really interesting concept for people to just keep an open mind about in um, also not being too hard on themselves about the relationships that they feel like should be sustained. Hmm. I think that's true. I mean, one, I mean, as, as, as weird as it might sound, and we, we obviously kind of know that because that's how we met, but Twitter people are actually real people. Mm. No, I, I mean, the, the ones that aren't bots, obviously, but, you know, it's, it's real people and everybody's, everybody's going through stuff. And sometimes it works in a friendship or in a connection where, you know, you're able to support each other at different stages. And sometimes it's also you're just in two completely different places. And, and I agree with you. I think it's not about, you know, keeping keeping a score sheet or being like, oh, but that one time and then this happened. And, you know, because I think it's just so weird i mean 2020 is just genuinely a really really weird space mm. and i think being being gentle with yourself and with some of the people around you but also and i think that's something i've learned to figure out what's what's your capacity in any given day you know how much extra stuff can you deal with yeah and then deal with that and that might not be a hundred percent of all the stuff that's around mm. but you know whatever you're able to deal with Mm. and try and keep some of the other stuff um, away a bit more and that's not you know about a specific person or a specific issue but I think to give I mean certainly I, I had to do that to give myself permission to tune in and out of stuff as I had more or less energy depending on what was going on. Yeah totally I think I've been exactly the same Chris all the way through and it's actually nice to hear somebody else say the same thing because you know some days I'd be really hard on myself feeling like I wasn't doing enough and mm -hmm. actually I got to the point where I had to really step back and say actually these are the key things I need to look after and if I need to step back from everything else then that's what needs to happen because I think it it is really easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself um just I think in in so many different capacities and so many different hats that you wear as you know a friend a family member you know for me you know a daughter to my parents a, a sibling to my sisters but also a business owner you know a support for clients like the amount of space I hold for my clients there were days where I had to be like actually I need to just step back and find somebody to hold space for me mm. And I think that that is a really important thing for people to, to think about actually how much capacity do I have and who can be the people to hold space for me when I need it. And, you know, regardless of whether those are, are Twitter people, LinkedIn people, Instagram people or people people that you actually know in real life. Like what do you mean people they, people? People people, who are they? <laughs> There's some amazing communities, aren't there? Like in in everything. So mm. I think that that is is such a powerful um, such a powerful thing to to kind of leave as an end as, as an ending message that there are so many powerful communities and so much support, but actually we need to 
be really kind to ourselves and kind of hold that space in in a way that works for us yeah and I think I think also being clear what we want and what we're able to give at any given time and that it's not you know because you don't like the other person or you know that sometimes you might need to take a step back to also just ask for what you need and then see who's you know who has the extra spare capacity to to be able to help and I think I've definitely gotten better at having these conversations on an ongoing basis and I think that's that's probably a helpful thing for everybody to do more of as in the given that the, the bigger situation isn't over yet I think we'll we'll all get a few more practice rounds of, of that sort of thing oh absolutely thank you so much that was that was amazing it was a really lovely conversation and it was great to explore these things with you oh absolutely Chris it's been so lovely having this chat and I think it it just gives such a perspective doesn't it for for so many people and for me just to know that other people are in the same space as me it's just been really amazing so thank you for spending the time with me it was a pleasure <laughs> I hope that little edit didn't cause too many problems or ruin your enjoyment of what I thought was a, a wonderful conversation between Christine and Jackie there's so much to unpack there um, how women are affected uh, in lockdown, uh, potentially more adversely, uh, to the relationships. Uh, and I think the Jackie's point about building a relationship with somebody new I think is really interesting and something that's worth looking at further. I want to thank both Jackie and Christine for such an amazing, honest uh, conversation. Um, and if you thought the same, then please let them know. Um, you can find both Jackie and Christine on LinkedIn, Jackie is on LinkedIn, Instagram and her own website and, and details will be in the show notes. Christine you can find everywhere, like I said, LinkedIn uh, or at Christine Locker on Twitter. And again, there'll be links in all of the show notes. Do you want to be a guest on Women Talking About Learning? We're always looking for more guests and we've got a list of 50 or so topics that people want to hear about. You can find the full list on our website. Remember to like and subscribe to Women Talking About Learning. It moves us up the charts and makes us easier for other people to find. You have been listening to the Women Talking About Learning podcast. Women Talking About Learning is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music and Alexa, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or your favourite podcast app. You can get in touch with Women Talking About Learning via email, on Twitter at WTAL underscore podcast or via our website, womentalkingaboutlearning.com. Make sure you tune in next time for more women talking about learning. For more of the signal, none of the noise.